This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, welcome. Uh, it's Friday, of course. It can mean only one thing at 7 o'clock. It's the Chelsea Fancast preview show. Uh, this time with me, obviously, Stamford Chidge. I mean, you know, it's kind of almost stupid to say that, really, but there you go. Uh, and, of course, joined, a- aided and abetted by uh, Mr. the Right Honourable Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Aha! There we go, who's uh, in pirate mode tonight for some bizarre reason that we'll no doubt get to the bottom of later in the show. Uh, we've also got the wonderful Mr. Martin Wickham. Hello, lads. No comedy voices here. No, but it's always lovely to see you, Martin. I feel, Cheers, I, likewise. Yeah, I feel we haven't seen you for a while, so it's good to have you back on. Uh, now, a real treat here, rather than kind of waiting you know, 10, 15 minutes and then hoping that he finds his way into Zoom and tells us all about the press conference. I've cajoled the lovely Ollie Harbord from London to join us for the first part of the show, uh, even though uh, I don't think he, I don't think you were at the press, were you, this week? No, it was my day off yesterday. Yeah, so there you go. They stomped us with a Thursday presser instead of Friday, and so that was my, uh, unfortunately, my day off. Well, that's but, a bit... Ba- uh, that's a good point they've done this a few times what's with the thursday presses ollie it's usually when they're doing the long journeys so they did it for burnley away i believe Mm. and obviously newcastle they would have been going up straight after training today so they've they've started throwing that in as a little bit of a curveball for uh for the journeys uh on the thursday very, very weird. Well, there you go. It's lovely to have you on board. Always is, of course. We love having you and your insight on the show. Now, just to let you know what's going on, uh, we, we're going to have a bit of a roundup of the news, what's been happening in the Chelsea world this week. Then we're going to have um, Will, Will Blake from Talk of the Tune, coming on to talk about, uh, the, well, the opposition view. So he's going to give us his perspective on the Newcastle-Chelsea match this weekend. And then we're going to wrap up by giving you our perspective of the Newcastle-Chelsea match. So there you go. Lots to cover, as always. Uh, And moving swiftly on. um, First thing I wanted to talk about, really, uh, without, uh, you know, because as you will know, I 
I completely loathe the international break. I can't see the point. It really annoys me. But uh, I am cognizant of the fact that a certain Mason Mount, uh, the the the, the favourite player of the Twitterati, of course, uh, was rather impressive against um, against Iceland. And of course, uh, Frank mentioned him in the presser. In fact, I'm going to read you the quote. He says he had. This is lovely, actually. I, I feel this is a bit of a dick to some of the knobends on. Uh, uh, Twitter, but he says he has more quality passes, impressive mo- uh, moments in a game, rather than a showreel of stepovers and flicks. Maybe that's not as exciting to the modern fan. Mm. And uh, I mean, he had some great stats for those of you who love stats. Hundred percent dribble success, uh, which is something I usually equate to me on, on a Friday night in a pub, actually. But there you go. Uh, one goal, obviously. Uh, Fifty-four passes, sixty-four touches, ninety-one percent. Pass accuracy and three ground duels won. I mean, he also uh, played in all three games, didn't he, Ollie? He, he he's he gets no rest. We were moaning about being tired before we came on air tonight. Mount, Mount must be exhausted, but he never shows it. Yeah, absolutely. If you think about basically playing every game last season, apart from one, I think it was more than fifty games he played. And also, he's not a he's not a bystander in matches either, is he? He's not a guy who stands on the wing and doesn't give his all. I mean, he's he's full of energy. I don't think. It was much surprised to see, you know, for Chelsea fans that have watched him sort of week in, week out, to see him playing in a deeper midfield role and actually flourishing as well. I mean, I think it's a very, very strange thing, Mason Mount, and those that are against him, I just don't understand it at all. And then when it came to England, it was all these comparisons with Jack Grealish. But we're talking about two completely different players. And Mount, I think, is because he's played sort of on the wing under Lampard at times, he gets this kind of weird rap about where he should be playing. But I think, you know, he showed against for England that he can play in a central midfield role. He can dominate a game. Uh, he's got the creativity at one end and he's got the work rate at the other end as well. Um, and it's no surprise. I mean, the guy just keeps on going and going. I think, you know, there has to be a time where Lampard will be very careful over his fitness because it can't carry on forever. You know, he can't play every single game the way he does. Um, at least he was subbed at 60 minutes, though, wasn't he, in the England game, which I thought was a, a really good um, premonition for the weekend, really. It was it was good because you thought, well, he hasn't played the whole that whole 90 minutes, which was yeah. good. I think, the, I think Lampard probably would have been a bit annoyed about the fact he played the friendly. I think that, you know, I think, as we all know, I mean, what was the point of having the third friendly of the friendly game? You've got the Nations League, fine. But to have a friendly game as well and then to see him play in that, you know, would have been a bit worrying, but he's you know he's come through it, and no doubt, I'm sure he'll probably start tomorrow. Do mm. they play those games? Do you think they're because there's some deal going on with the uh, the Irish FA? You think it's there's a the oh, Irish yeah. Jonathan, the Irish FA stepped in. The game was originally meant to be against New Zealand. They couldn't travel for COVID reasons. Oh, so so Ireland, the Irish FA are skin. Isn't that's no secret? They stepped in for a few quid and are, basically yeah. knackered. They're already low confidence, but I'm not going to rant about that because no. that game annoyed me. Well, in, indeed, and and in fact, all the international games thoroughly annoyed me. So uh, the, the more we move on from that, the better in my book. And I think the only concern, really, of course, is is how how they've all. I mean, look, if I tell you this, I found this. Somebody put. I, I'd love to. I wish I could credit them with it, but I forgot to. Oh, I think it might have been Chelsea Youth actually. But anyway. This is the international duty minutes of Chelsea players in the last couple of weeks. Emerson, 270 minutes. Mount, 206. Christensen, well, Christensen, Jorginho, Mendy, Rudiger and Rahman and Silva all played 180 minutes. So two games, basically. Kovacic, 167. Ziyech, 162. Giroud, 153. Werner, 153. Zuma, 135. Hudson-Odoi, 133. Kante, 123. James, 90. 
Abraham 41, Chilwell 38, Gilmore 8, and Kepper uh, Kepper zero. <laughs> oh, I kind of oh. felt that, that we needed an oh, come again. So they've they've all had a lot of minutes. I mean, I I absolutely pooped my pants when I saw Ben Chilwell go down holding his back. Uh, we know we know that uh, Thiago Silva won't play against Newcastle because. Uh, he's knackered because he's been on a long flight, having played in Uruguay on Wednesday today. night. He's back yesterday afternoon. Yeah, too, but I mean, he right. played really late, and he's had, you know, and this happened last time. Frank's already said he won't play. Havertz, there's the COVID doubt. I mean, the thing is, Ollie, you know, it was mentioned in the press. Uh, I, I know because I kind of had, had a look, but you know, Frank's worried about the potential fatigue. Uh, the players playing too much. The five subs ideas reared its head again. Um, a lot of the managers are moaning about it. Are, are they right? And, and are we right to be, number one, worried, number two, rather furious about it? I kind of feel like with the five subs, I think that, yes, I can I can completely understand why the big clubs want it. Absolutely. I mean, you look at Chelsea now, they go back into a packed fixture list. I kind of understand why the smaller clubs don't want it as well. I thought Andros Townsend spoke quite well about it in the fact that, you know, a lot of these clubs have difficulty breaking down the smaller teams. And so to give them five subs and then allow nine players on the bench will mean, well, they can just bring on this amazing amount of firepower that doesn't, you know, that unbalances the league even further. I do understand, though, that that idea of the fatigue. But also what didn't help was then Klopp and Guardiola moaned about it after the Liverpool-Man City game. Well, I think City used one sub and Liverpool used two. It's like, well, if you're going to bang on about five subs, well, use the three you've at least got if you're going to complain about it. Mm. Um, but I do understand the I do understand the reasons behind it because you know the smaller clubs don't have the fixture schedule that a you know, team like Chelsea will have um, coming into sort of this period. Now we've finished the group stages. I think you know Lampard's been very very clear about rotation. Obviously, we talked about Silva. You know, he didn't play after the last international break. He won't play again tomorrow. You know, they've talked about Kante as well. Obviously, he's obviously the last season he had a lot of issues and they've really worked on his training methods to make sure that he's fit for matches. Um, ben Chilwell should be fine. It was only a back spasm. He should be OK. So, yeah, look, we are getting into the period now where injuries will come about very quickly and uh, Lampard is going to have to make sure that they get through it. I think the key will be just to make sure they guarantee Champions League qualification against Wren, which shouldn't be an issue. And then at least you, you can properly rotate for those matches. Um, so you, you're kind of back to playing once a week, really. Um, you know, it's 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 a funny old thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, Jonathan, we've talked about this, haven't we, a lot on the, on the, on the Monday night show. But, you know, there has been an increase in, in, in kind of soft tissue injuries, muscle injuries. And I mean, I, it, it, I mean, I'm, I'm, as Ollie knows, I, I pinged an article out to him this week which kind of moaned about this, and a lot of other managers, as I said, and players are moaning about this. And it seems that I feel, I feel for the players actually. I really do. I mean, I know that they get paid a lot of money, and I know that they're professional athletes and all the rest of it. But it can't, it can't be. I mean, it sounds to me like they're being, you know, used like pieces of meat. Actually, that, that's how it comes across. Does it not depend on the fitness of each player, which they'll they'll have very well um, uh, logged as to uh, who has these problems? I mean, uh, particularly with uh, the poor old Pulisic, who just seems to to have um, hamstring problems at the, at the you know every time he kicks the ball. But I, I'm I, I think they're being they'll be very very aware of who can who can cope with this situation. I think they've um, and whether 
you don't know whether this is flagged up with Southgate about the fact that Mason Mount doesn't appear to get injured very often and is is clearly got a very good you know f- physical setup for himself. I'm I'm and and I think that it's obvious that Silver clearly at 36 has to be kept in cotton wool, which is a real shame because the team is playing so well with him as as the uh, defensive focal point. But um and I fear that the two replace the replacement for him just isn't actually up to scratch. Um, but I, 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 and we'll get onto this, but the, the, the firepower that we have up front, I think will, uh, will compensate for anything defensively. But I'm intrigued to see whether uh, whoever takes over has been influenced by um, Silver in any way, uh, who is so calm and um, uh, just, uh, it seems to be in, in, in incredible at, at, at dealing with everything that is sent his way with the minimum of, of fuss and um, an application almost in the same way that that JT had. Can I just just talk a second about what we're talking about internationals? I was intrigued to see that um, that Jorginho had an absolutely incredible game for Italy with his uh, not that I ever look at stats, but in this instance that he was uh, clearly man of the match. And uh, I was trying to work out what is his that is different about Italy, who've now, I think, had something like 15 games without defeat. Is it more, Ollie? I can't remember. Is it 22 not, or something? I'm not entirely no. sure, actually. Yeah, but I was intrigued that um, whatever the setup is, he is working brilliantly uh, in that in that environment. And yet at Chelsea, don't quite know where to put him. And it doesn't quite work. Um, so, uh, and once again, all the rumours have come up about him being sold again. And yet if if clearly he's working in this environment in the Italian setup, what what is it that is happening? Is he? Is it... I don't know what they well, play. I mean, different like, system, you know, different players you know, to play with, different opposition. Indeed, international you know, football is slower. Yeah, I mean, there's a million tactics. reasons, J.K., yeah, I think. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm just intrigued as to... Um, as I mean, to, he, you uh, know, he, he, you and I have had this out for, it seems like, two or three years now. I mean, not arguing at each other. I think just discussing it generally. Uh, you know, uh, Jorginho is not a bad player. He's an, he's an exceptionally good player. But you have to you have to accommodate him because he's not yeah. flawless, and unfortunately, I think some of the some of the teams and some of the systems that we've played, and also, I think you know the English Premier League is a very different league from a lot of the other ones. His those weaknesses get ruthlessly exploited. exploited. Yeah, you know, but he is not in and of itself a bad footballer. I think he's an exceptionally good footballer, but perhaps not just right for Chelsea at the moment. Yeah, or even Chelsea in the future. Well, indeed, uh, Martin. Um, talking of, uh, uh, I mean, I, I tell you what. Listen, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I desperately want to ask Ollie before he goes about one thing, but I do want to quickly t- tip in with a, the Giroud story. I mean, I know it's all kind of, I mean, you and I love a rumor, don't we? <clears throat> but apparently, Giroud's thinking of, uh, you know, going off again. His agent was basically saying we'll, we'll have to, you know, get him out of Chelsea if he doesn't play too many games, and he was so wonderful to went to the end of the season. Where do you, where do you stand on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think look, Didier Deschamps has said the same thing as well, that, you know, with the Euros around the corner, it's, it's basically just what happened last January, this January. I think it's a very similar situation. So is there much in it, do you think? Oh, yeah. No, there definitely is. I think that, you know, we're talking about a, sort of a player who has been the number one striker for France, really, without playing very regularly for his club. And you look at his record for France, obviously he's... And scored he's still again, scored, didn't he? Yeah. Exactly. He's still yeah. scoring goals. He's still playing. Deschamps is still playing him even when he's not playing for Chelsea. But will that happen the whole season? I think that 
I think it's very difficult now for him to get into that Chelsea team, I think, because, you know, last season, you know, Tammy Abraham obviously started really well, but the only other backup was Michy Batshuayi. Well, we know that Giroud is a step above Michy Batshuayi, but now you're looking at if Abraham doesn't play, well, you've got Timo Werner who will come in. Um, he might even, you know, he played Havertz there one game. He could go for that. So I think that the pathway for Giroud to get back in is blocked more than it was last season. I, I feel really sad for him, actually, because, you know, he was so important at the end of last yeah. season to get into when the restart happened. I mean, he was superb, along with Pulisic, obviously. He was a massive reason for why they uh, got into the, into the, finished in the Champions League spot. So, but yeah, no, there is, there's definitely something in it. Um, you know, it's going to be a very similar situation to, to what happened last year. But I think Chelsea, are, especially in their front line, are in a healthier position mm. to let him go than they were last season. Definitely. I think it's a lot down to Abraham having stepped up, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that he's, he seems to have got this, he's, he's adapted his game more as well. He looks physically more imposing. He's holding the ball up better. He's not looking just like this sort of natural goal scorer. He's actually got this all-round game to him. And I think that's why he's actually keeping the spot and why Werner's now mm. heading off on the sort of on the left wing. I think that's that's a massive part of it. And also I think that's down to Giroud part of that as well. I think that no, indeed. I Abraham think has learned a lot of Giroud. He's learned from him. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was crucial. So yeah, I think you're completely right on that one. Brilliant. Now, before we let you go, Ollie, I, I you know, because I haven't, I haven't spoken to you for a while, uh, certainly not on here anyway. Um, and I think this has relevance for this weekend, actually, doesn't it, chaps? Because we know Silver's not going to play, so we, and I know we're going to talk about it later as to who might might partner Zuma, presumably. What do I mean? You know, you 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 go to the presses. You're you're you know much closer to the you know the the action than we are to 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 an extent. What on earth has happened with Fakayo Tomori? Yeah, it's it's a very strange situation. I mean, what he's played, he's made two Premier League appearances in 2020, which is not something you would have expected. Um, I mean, there doesn't seem to be any rift there at all. Obviously, we know that he could have gone out on loan on the last on on deadline day. That whole situation with West Ham, I think they were ready to him to to head out. Look, I do think the issue is they were so leaky last season. There were so many individual errors um, and I do think that there's obviously the situation that Zuma and Silva are, are the main guys and they've performed really really well I also think there's that situation of Tamori's age maybe when it comes to a centre-back um, you know it's a difficult position for a young centre-back and when mistakes are made the pressure mounts on them I just feel like Lampard is trusting his older players and I even think that comes with Rudiger as well who we all thought was going to leave in the summer and nothing came of that so I think it is just that situation and, and Tamori just unfortunately finds himself as, as fifth choice. And, you know, I don't see a situation where he's going to play tomorrow or even on the bench. You know, it could be Rudiger or Christensen. Mm. I think it's a coin flip between those two. Mm. And uh, yeah, the other guy on the bench and Tamori again is is not featuring, which is it's a shame. Yeah. But I think he needs to leave in January. It's my personal opinion. Well, I think uh, they will push for that in January. A huge shame because I just think the kid's got so much potential. Martin, you know, sorry, I, I meant to ask you about Ollie, but uh, very, very quickly, your thoughts on Tamori. Well, I find it hard to credit the idea that individual errors are factored into it when players who've made more individual errors than mm. he has are getting picked again and again. And I include Christensen as my as prime example there. I, you know. I don't know what's... We obviously don't know what's going on, but the one time he did feature against Liverpool, he looked fairly... He looked pretty good in the, when everything seems to be falling down around him. So if Silver, Silver can't play, as it seems, then I see no reason why Tamori shouldn't be playing. 
Mm. Well, we shall see, and we shall we shall talk more about that later on. Actually, when we get our chance to uh, talk about the uh, the Newcastle Chelsea match on Saturday, uh, coming up, we're going to have a chat with uh, Will from Talk of the Tune uh, about the Newcastle perspective on that. But but before we do that, I think a, a massive thanks as ever to the absolutely wonderful Ollie Harbord. So uh, Ollie, as always, it's great to have your insight. I feel we kind of like got like the reduced Shakespeare version tonight. <laughs> you know, we need to get you on the Monday show so we can pick your brains for two hours. Might, might be the one and only time I've ever been uh, mentioned Shakespeare. Well, there you go. You've got, you got quite I'll a Shakespearean look at the moment. Actually, yeah, thanks. So. Yeah, I know. It's, it's getting there. <laughs> Ollie, Ollie, brilliant to see you, mate. As always, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we will see you very, very soon. Cheers, gents. Thanks very much. Brilliant. See you soon. Yep. Brilliant. See you. We'll be back in a sec and we'll be talking opposition view. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper chels. Right, welcome back. It's Stanford Chidge here with, of course, uh, the Chelsea Fan Cars Friday Night Preview Show. I'm, I'm very tempted to say the Friday Night Rock Show, Jonathan, for those who are old enough to remember Tommy Vance. Yeah, hey, good yeah. old Tommy Vance. Rock on, Tommy. Yes, that voice he had, didn't he? Yeah. He had a brilliant voice, didn't he? I don't think it's a good idea we discuss it. It reveals our age. It does, but people know that already. They do. Where anyway, uh, as well as the old Git Club, me and uh, J.K. have got the, the youth representatives tonight with the absolutely lovely Mr. Martin Wickham. Am I judging a Sean Dyche sound like contest there? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, was, did, yeah. we did that the other week, didn't we? With, uh, I know. with Andy, yeah, anyway. I heard it. <laughs> you heard it. Lovely. Good. Now, uh, it is time it is time now for this. The Opposition View. That's right. It's the Opposition View. And, of course, we're playing Newcastle at the stupidly early time of half past 12 tomorrow on Saturday. <laughs> Uh, and of course, it's much better to talk to somebody who knows all about Newcastle rather than us lot. So I'm delighted to say we've got Will Blake from Talk of the Tune podcast. Hello, Will. How are you? Hello. Hello. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. How are we all doing? Yeah, we're all right, mate. All right. I'd rather be in the pub, but never mind. Not allowed <laughs> Can to. I just ask, what was your inspiration from the uh, the the Hippodrome in uh, Leicester Square, Talk of the Town? Was that the orig- <laughs> original way that you thought of that? Haven't what a you? stupid uh, question. A great cabaret venue in London. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah, I think it's just a, a play on words. It's about as far as my imagination yeah. goes. I'd, oh, okay. I'd, I'd like to apologise, Will, for my showbiz mate. Oh no! <laughs> really, please, honestly. Kenneth Williams appeared there. Enough, enough showbiz. Will hasn't come here to have the bloody London variety show. Um, right, Will. First thing, um, you know, a bit general, really. Um, you know, it seems to be talking of showbiz like soap operas. I mean, one of the longest soap operas in fo- football has been the, you know, the, the Mike Ashley saga. I'm trying to flog the club. I mean, where where hmm. are you lot on that at the moment? Uh, well, uh, personally, as a podcast, we we don't like to uh, we don't like to get involved in it too much because it's just so farcical and so yeah. comical, and it just really boils our blood. Yeah, um, I think the general feeling or the latest update today is that there's been a, a fan led consortium um, legal challenge launched with the support of the club. The club launched a statement. Um, obviously, we know it, it all fell down. I think the buyers backed out rather than anything else happening. That was just kind of frustration as, you know, lack of progression. Um, so super frustrating. Thought the days of Ashley were over, but alas, they're not. And it looks like this um, Saudi-led group has gone on to uh, inquire as to the purchase of Derby County instead, which uh, you can't really blame them. Sorry, can just ask, is it that he always asks for too much money, Ashley? Is that what it is? Is what? Why does everything seem to just founder? Why does it not uh, ever get to fruition? Is he is he a dreadful, dreadfully difficult businessman? Is it all about that? What happens? I think he's a pretty ruthless businessman. I can't, I can't actually, you know, I can't profess to know too much about his business dealings, um, but I think... His message has always been that he wants to get the right price for the club and that's the right price for him. And he also wants to make sure that he gets good, um, a, a good level of ownership coming in to replace him, um, oh. which is a bit bit funny because obviously his ownership hasn't been, <laughs> hasn't been the best. But uh, yeah, it's I think it's almost his parting shot, his parting shot to the club. He wants to get some good owners in who can fund the club and take us onto that next level because he's just unable to do so. Mm, very interesting. Well, qu- sorry, go on, go on, Martin. Well, I've got a quick question as well. At the time of the um, take, when the takeover seemed to be progressing, there was a lot of moralising from people outside of Newcastle about yeah. the takeover. You, yeah. as fans, how did you feel about being told how to behave by certain sports journalists? Mm. Um, well, yeah, it's a, it was a complete moral quandary, I'd say. Um, there's this term sports washing bandied yeah. around. Obviously, a lot of people thought. Uh, the Saudis were maybe looking at this as a way of covering up the the moral question marks they have and, you know, the, the bad things allegedly that are going on in the background. Um, so this was their way of kind of, I don't know, 
making themselves look more forward thinking and more appealing to to western culture um don't obviously can't go into that too much it's a football podcast not a political podcast um but yeah morals were definitely questioned i think the large majority of people would have rather the takeover had gone through uh for selfish reasons obviously we were on track to become the richest club in the world yeah uh, that's quite a big deal so i think the moral stuff unfortunately went out of the window but it will, will if you see what I mean. You know, <laughs> yeah. we, we're like that. I mean, you know, when Roman took over, there were questions being asked of him, obviously with the connection with Putin and stuff. And sure, you know, when you've won everything you can win in the game, and the amount of joy it's brought us, nobody but nobody who's a Chelsea <laughs> fan would even spend a nanosecond thinking about that. Which is perhaps yeah. rather sad, but it's true, isn't mm. it? I'm just going to move it on now because uh, I, I, was, I was really intrigued by that because I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because there are some things that that, you know, cross over, you know, just a normal kind of club discussion. Mm. Everybody who loves football would be, has, has been interested in that story. And uh, nobody likes a duff owner, that's for sure. Now, um, yeah. talking of duff owners, that nobody likes a duff manager either. And I know that there was, a, weirdly, in my view, because I know that Steve Bruce, you know, is a big, uh, you know, Newcastle fan apart from anything else. But the, no, the, you weren't completely united behind him. But I would imagine you're a lot happier now. He's made a pretty good start to this season, hasn't he? Oh, okay. Controversy. Start, well, no, start, I mean, I, start, I don't mean to be controversial, but I, I, that's the point, you see. We, we are on the outside looking in, but you know, yeah. so you tell us. I think that's the problem. Uh, that's the general problem. A lot of people who comment on the success of the club so far this season aren't qualified to do so. That's mm. not saying you guys. That's saying we've got a kind of naughty well, list well, on our podcast. I, I, I say this in nearly every article I write for all the places I write them in, that I get mm -hmm. sick and tired of the media spouting absolute crap because they have oh. no idea. They're not it's there like we ears. are. So I get it totally. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, it's complete music to my ears. And as I say, we on our podcast, we've got a like a naughty list of uh, <laughs> of, of pundits that have come out you could call it a, a death list, a, a naughty list, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, death list but it's a list of people. Actually. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> on there. You've got people like Mark Lawrenson uh, has come out. Um, you've got Gabby Adbon Lahore today, Chris Kirkland, Tony Pulis, people who have absolutely zero association with our club, but feel qualified to be able to talk about it as if they're fans and. I mean, I get there's one big argument to say that they've got to sell newspapers and they've got to, you know, they've got clicks on their articles and their jobs are to be antagonistic. But yeah, no one's qualified to speak on behalf of our club other than the fans. We're the ones sat there watching 90 minutes of football week in, week out. The football has been dreadful to watch, apart from a few uh, a few occasions, like our wins against West Ham, Burnley is another one that eludes me, but... The, the performances on the pitch, I say this consistently, the performances on the pitch do not tally up with the points on the board. And I think a really good example of where we're coming from, we're one point and two places ahead of Leeds in the table. Um, I think on the whole, Leeds fans would say they're very happy with their season so far because they've gone out there, they've competed, they've looked like a really good outfit. Whereas you'd say a large majority of Newcastle fans are very unhappy with the standard of football that's being played, yet we sit two places above them. We, we can't yes. accept you liking Leeds because we hate Leeds. <laughs> I think most people do. Most people do, yeah. No, sorry, we, we have a song. We all we hate Leeds and Leeds and Leeds and Leeds. We all I think, hate Leeds. It's been I think everyone has the same yeah. song, actually. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. I'm pleased, I'm pleased. I think the problem we have, problem we have as well, is we only see it in, unless you specifically decide, oh, I'm going to watch Don't Leeds. say we only see it in black and white. Funnily enough, sure. I wasn't going to say that. But I, I, could, I could do, but uh, I'd, have, I'd have to speak to like that and say, come on, come on the tune. Um, 
But um, the, uh, the, the what we see is we see match of the day. And I, I like Callum Wilson, for example. I think Callum Wilson's a terrific player. I thought Brilliant. he was terrific, terrific at Bournemouth. And I like watching yep. him score because he's... And in fact, we wanted him to play for Chelsea a couple of seasons ago. Mm -hmm. I thought he would be perfect that. for the setup. I thought he was great. I like um, uh, St. Maximum just because he's, uh, uh, he's interesting. And, and so what you do as a fan, we're looking at the team and we think, oh, they're doing all right because they've got those players. We don't see the 90 minutes. We just see it in match of the day sound bites. You know, it's that. Precisely. So we, so we almost make judgments based on that. So if Wilson scores, I go, yeah, it makes sense. He's a really good player. Mm -hmm. and, and you wish well for him. But for, it's interesting. And also, I think... Fraser was very good at Bournemouth as well, and I liked mm -hmm. him. So you go, they've got good players, they're doing okay. So it's very interesting to hear that, in actual fact, the football is shit and we're only seeing the best bits, you know, but it, it makes great sense. It's like, you know, going over the years, it's like um, one of my favourite Chelsea players ever is Dennis Wise, who was... Ugh. was uh, uh, you can't oh, say that with Will oh, on the show. You can't say that, you see. God, you what you a horrible little like. man. What a horrible little scumbag he was. <laughs> you can't do it. You, you can't do it. You can't let that utterly hypocritical. The nasty little hobbit. You can't say that because we watched him all the time. Oh, I've fro have I frozen? No, Chidge is there. Chidge, I thought Chidge had frozen. I've frozen in <laughs> shock, mate. I've frozen yeah, in, I've frozen it in was, anger. It was, yeah. it was nothing to do with him as a player, Jonathan. Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan just, just pause for a second. Dennis, I, I'll save Will the embarrassment. Dennis Wise uh, was your assistant manager to Gus. Was it? No, it wasn't Gus. Was yeah. it? He was... He was uh, Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about for, for us. Yeah, but no, why is he? Why is he was on the board or something, wasn't he? It was, I think yeah. he was director of football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. No, no. We're I'm talking about him as a player, not anything to do with Newcastle. I'm talking yeah. about him as. I'm using him as an example of somebody who people just go, "Oh, he was a filthy bastard." We watched him all. The, <laughs> he watched him all the time. Yeah, he, was a good player. he never gave the ball away. He tried nonstop. He was an unbelievable inspirational player because we watched him all the time. So he yep, becomes yep. a hero to us. But we're only, you're only, what? yeah, and I didn't mean, I wasn't talking, sorry, it was the wrong person to have used. I've already taken the piss. Because, because, right, right, right. Because he's, he's going to mention he's, Joe Kinnear in a minute. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got a twitch. I've got a twitch in my eye. <laughs> that, that, that journalist he called a rude word still has. Uh, uh, Derek Lam, Lambooner or whatever he called him. Listen, I'm going to move it on because... Um, you know, we've, we have got into players, interestingly enough, and I know you've got mm. a lot out. I mean, Dubravka, Dummett, Shelby, Richie, Dwight Gale, Fraser, they're all going to be out uh, tomorrow. Um, Callum mm. Wilson, they reckon, is going to get back. But, I mean, who, who's impressed you this season? Well, yeah. Who, who should we be worried about, actually, is perhaps a more pertinent <laughs> question. Oh, right. Well, if I'm answering that question, I'd say no one. Uh... <laughs> Thank you. Right answer, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of who's performed well this season I think there's been two kind of standout performers that would be Callum Wilson as we've talked about uh, just for the goals he's brought to the team I think uh, he's a great runner runs runs non-stop he never he stops yeah he never and it, stops. but he has to in our team because he gets no support uh, with the setup we've got and the setup and the formation that Bruce is playing he gets no support which is such a shame when you've got such exciting outlets as Sam Maxima Almiron Fraser they're just not being played correctly um, but yeah, to the point of hand, uh, Wilson, really, really good player. Um, and Carl Darlow between the sticks has come in yeah. and deputised for Dubravka um, and a lot of Newcastle fans. I mean, a lot of people say we're deluded. Um, I can't necessarily argue with that in some cases, but a lot of Newcastle fans are calling out for him to have an England call up uh, just on the basis of his performances and obviously Jordan Pickford being shite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's absolutely shite but yeah I think he was unlucky to not be involved in the in the squad especially with Nick Pope not playing the best football of his life either um, so they're probably the two two standouts 
you'd hope it would be your Sam Maximans, your Almirons, your Frasers, um, but they've just not had a, a real chance. Uh, Brucey's been playing around with the formation too much, playing everyone out of position, um, and I just don't think he's got anywhere near as much out of the team as he could. Uh, but other than that, not really, not really anyone setting the. Mm. Yeah, I had no. I mean, it's really enlightening, Will. Uh, you know, it's one of the things I love doing about the opposition view because it's completely mm. given a, a completely different skew on what I thought was going on up there. I don't, I don't want to repeat what we just said, but it's fascinating hearing that. So, I mean, you know, going back to Bruce, if you're if you guys are not happy with him, you know, do you think he'll last the season out? This is a really difficult thing because if you take a so it's objective, subjective, I can't remember which one it is, but if you take a an, an outside view uh, and you look at the points on the board so far, he's I mean, he's in no danger of being relegated. I I think the the board would I think to everyone in football be quite it would seem quite unfair to get rid of him. Uh it's just the performances on the pitch, but Ashley and your, your Lee Charnley's don't take those into account. Uh, they just look at the points on the board. Are we going to be safe for another season? Yes. You know, spot on, Bob on. Um, I'd like to think not. Uh, I can't, I mean, everyone we've spoken to so far, if you ask them a direct question, would you like Steve Bruce as a manager? Uh, and I imagine it'll be the same for you guys. I know we're talking a different kind of kettle of fish, but the answer is always the same. No chance. Uh, I'm not sure really what's out there for us to go and get. Hodge, uh, my co-host, who's also listening this evening so hello Hodge uh, Hodge is a big fan of Eddie Howe thinks we should go out and get Eddie yeah. Howe just to bring a different yeah. perspective to the club but again I think I'm I'm pulling a similar face to you Martin uh, I, think um, he's, I think he's a very overrated manager really? just yeah and he, could, he couldn't go he you know he left Burnley through homesickness or something like that when he was managing so yeah, I think he didn't like the cold mate me, Neither did I when I was him. up there. You can't have a go at him because he's sensitive, Martin. That's not fair. Oh, I can. <laughs> Martin's harsh. He doesn't muck about, mate. He's not like you namby-pamby showbiz types. I'm not, I'm not an actor, Jonathan. <laughs> excuse, me, uh, excuse, but... me, excuse me, I'm an actor. I'm not an actor. I'm an actor. Thank Is that depends on character you plan? <laughs> yeah, so uh, but, uh, go on. Go on, Will. But, sorry. Uh, just just to, to round it off, I, I, I don't know who's out there for us to, to go and get, really. I mean, when we were talking about the, the new owners coming in or the takeover, everyone was saying they'd love to have Pochettino, but we have to manage our expectations. I mean, we're still we're still under Ashley, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. So we don't know what the alternative is at the minute. Well, it's interesting. It'll, it'll be a story to watch. Now, listen, we ought to talk about the match tomorrow. And uh, yes. it's funny. I, I've got a memory of a goldfish, as everybody who listens to this show knows. And I thought, <laughs> I can't even remember what happened last year. And then I had a look, and, I, and to my horror, I was reminded about the fact that we lost 1-0 with a goal in the 94th minute by oh, Isaac yeah. Hayden, which was more attributable to the idiocy of the keystone cops like Chelsea defence at the time with Rudiger yep. and Kepper and Christ knows what else um, I, I bet you remember it with glee Will I would have thought uh, I was there uh, I actually I live in London I live in Bermondsey so I was in a, a pub around the corner with lots of and there was obviously lots of Chelsea fans there but I was there <laughs> in my in my Newcastle United top my housemate's actually a, a Chelsea fan as well so I went with him and I think I was uh, trying to I was just drinking as much as I could during the match because by all you know, all intents and purposes, it was going your way until what the ninety-fourth minute, where yeah, Sam Maximan pops it in, and then there's big Isaac Hayden to, uh, and I think he sent the the Gallagher end into absolute uh, euphoria. Had someone sent a corner flag flying? I seem to recall yeah. as well. <laughs> were, you, were you up? Were you up there, Martin? 
Yeah, and I can sympathise with the guy who got the corner flag because when that got goal it right went in, the nads, in, didn't he? Yeah, after that, after that goal went in, and how we'd played for most of the game, we all felt like we'd been collectively kicked in the bollocks. <laughs> so, <laughs> but what, what can you do? We just didn't take our chances did, at the time. And did you ever enjoy a... sitting up there, Martin? I can't. I've never been able to stand sitting up in the gods. Well, I. I, I stand up when I'm up there. It's the, it's the stairs I don't like. Yeah, yeah it's true. Also, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Newcastle fans <laughs> to the left who spend the whole of the 90 minutes abusing you and not watching the game. I, I don't. I don't. Well, you get, middle, any, so. you get that in any football ground. Yeah, but well, we, well, we've already <laughs> we just, well, we just do it better. We've, all, we've <laughs> already, <laughs> we, hang on a minute, Jonathan. We've already established, Will, that he is rather sensitive. Oh, oh look, okay. shut it up. Makes sense. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Oh, how unfair. Oh, oh, oh Listen, I had to wait. He said, hang on a second. Just go on, go on me. then. Oh, God. Well, well, I know, but that's those are the rules, mate. But uh, oh, God, I forgot about that. He, here's an interesting fact, okay? And it's a shame that Will wasn't there because that was the last goal that would have been seen live at Newcastle because I think that was the last goal before lockdown. Is it? Yeah, oh, okay, I was yeah. reading somewhere I should, today. I should know that, really, yeah. shouldn't I? Well, I, <laughs> no, no, not really. I mean, I, I didn't know before I read that was in the That was in the middle of... January, wasn't it? So there was yeah. goalless games between yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah, but there you yeah, go. We then had a little run where we were fantastic against Everton, weren't we? In the four 0 yeah. and Giroud played wonderfully. Um, I'd forgotten mm. all about this, the one 0 because it was so miserable. It was so upsetting. Absolutely. Oh, I was so, so thank you. I quite enjoyed it actually. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you might have done. Yeah, uh, uh, I'd, I'd forgotten about about last orders, so I was all right. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> The drinking helps, that's for sure. Right, so in terms of uh, the here and now, um, I mean, it, you know, we're on a great run of form, as you probably know, Will. I mean, I think we're unbeaten in our last 11, or we've certainly only, yeah. we've lost one game in the league this, this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just absolutely moist with uh, excitement before the international <laughs> break. And then, of course, now we've had the international break, and, you know, the, the, there's a theory that all of our players will be knackered. They've had no time to train. Frank was moaning about it in the presser. You know, you guys have had less people away, but you have had people mm. away and therefore more people to train. So, and your form has been up and down. I know that. But I mean, I would imagine you would perhaps take that as a little bit of comfort that we might not be in the best shape that we normally would be having had that break. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, as you say, it has been a bit of a roller coaster this year. Um, you say that again, please. I love that roller uh, well, it's, it's that thing. Uh, it's like doesn't it's Jimmy Carr, isn't it? Whenever he does a uh, a Geordie accent, he always says roller coaster or roller coaster. Does he? Oh, well done. I must. But yeah, I'll um, pet. That's what I I'll say. I'll read petal. I'll read flower. Yeah, thank all you. those. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, You're welcome. Um, on. Yeah. On the international break, yeah, we're, it's kind of, you can say we're fortunate. I mean, our two internationals, two internationals that I know of were sent home early. Jeff Hendrick got sent off for Ireland and Miguel Almiron picked up a, a yellow card against Argentina, I think. So he was sent home early. But yeah, not too many internationals in the team at the minute. Um, I think you guys have got, uh, Thiago Silva's going to be out, um, um, I think. Definitely, definitely. I think yeah. that's going to be a big plus for us. I think either if either Callum Wilson or Big Andy Carroll comes in to bully the the two centre halves, I think we're we maybe stand a slight chance of nicking a goal. But you're not you're be, not that confident really by the sounds of it. Uh, yeah, not at all. I'm usually the optimist of the uh, of the podcast, uh, so I'm usually giving it five nil or four nil or, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, this uh, we did our. Uh, what's what call? We did our predictions earlier in the week, and I uh, yeah, I've gone for a three one. Chelsea win. Have you now? 
which is not something I usually do, and I usually hate to go for. Yeah. I hate to predict an opposition yeah, win. We're the, same. we're the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah but just I've been so downbeaten and we're so downtrodden by the standard of football. You just can't see us getting really anything out of the game, and even the goal I predict being a night and like an 89th minute consolation when everyone switched off. Mm. Uh, yeah, not, not not optimistic. Well, thank you, Will. Um because funny enough that's what i predicted although i've kind of like you know let it out a bit quicker than i should have done but um i'm gonna round this up with i think what is a remarkable realization actually and i I tell you what i i really i'm so glad you've come on and made us remind us of these kind of things actually that kind of the disparity between what it's like to to be there as a match going fan and what the outside world thinks and um, i mean of course the, the great irony here is of course we had that same thing with Rafa Benitez who we hated mm-hmm. with a passion the football was utter shit yeah he, we hated him personally I mean it was really personal <laughs> and yet everybody in the media and all the other fans around the world were telling us what a great manager he was and we should be grateful for having him <laughs> and of course you ended up having Benitez as a manager yeah I'd and you loved him didn't you yeah I'd, I'd chop your arm off to have yeah. Rafa back now Bizarre. yeah it's just it's the ethos he brought to the club. He brought a different, we're kind of, we're in the doldrums for a very, very long time. And he came in with some ambition. And admittedly, I think his style of football is not going to have changed much from when he was managing you guys. It's that compact, defensive setup. Compact, exactly. Compact. Yeah, uh, really defensive, you know, wait for your breaks. Don't do anything too exciting or don't go out there. But it's just the general feeling he brought to the club. He got involved in the community. Um, he just brought a really nice feeling back to the club and a lot of people fell back in love with the club I mean for a long time we had this I mean him leaving was like I I don't know how to we've got this big fan-led group called War Flags who do the big banners I've seen them I've seen them they're cracking the murals and things and they're absolutely amazing and it's like as a good example when he left they just refused to they refuse to go to games anymore. And mm. it's just going from like Steve McLaren's and, and that kind of level of manager to Rafa and then back down to Bruce. It's just completely deflating. Yeah, um, I can, I get that. I understand that. Well, look, well, I, I wish, I mean, you know, Newcastle are a great club. There's no doubt about that. And, and I wish you all the luck in the world, particularly, you know, vis-a-vis the ownership, because I think that's, that's key. But I want that good luck to start after tomorrow, if that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. you can start I don't blame on Sunday. But uh, well, it's been really, really great having you on, and I, I hope to reciprocate when we have the return fixture later in the season. But uh, yeah, brilliant. Really enjoyed talking to you tonight. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been great. You've been, you've been great. You've been really good. Thanks yeah. so much, guys. Yeah. Good I love chat, you too, man. Jonathan. <laughs> I love you too, Martin. I'm going to get all emotional now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, the, I'm the sensitive one. I'm allowed to say that. You really are, bless you. <laughs> you bless definitely you. are the sensitive one. I know. You've been, fabulous. You've been really fabulous. And Great stuff. You've handled him really well because he's a sweet guy. Oh, Hermes, it's getting, he's, he's full of innuendo, this man. Right, uh, we, we're going to be back in a minute uh, and we're going to give you what our preview is of the Chelsea New or the Newcastle Chelsea match, should I say, which is kicking off at half 12 tomorrow, Saturday. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast.com.
Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast preview show, the Friday night preview show, which uh, which I, I love. Apart from the fact that, like Martin, I can I can see in Martin's eyes, he's I can see it's almost like you know you know remember those kind of weird kind of contact lens things you could get with like kind of graphics in them. Martin yeah. Martin say I should be in the pub. It's Friday night. <laughs> you could get those. Um... I had to break in at the moment, wouldn't I? <laughs> I, I, I did have a, a beer beer on me, and it was very nice, but it is no substitute for a, a proper pint of Guinness and a chat. But we just have to make do with it at the moment, don't we? We do indeed. But it's lovely to see you with us, Jonathan. Like the specs, which have got the uh, the the, the centre revolves, and they're sort of black and white. And I thought it was like the, the glasses Homer Simpson wore when he was on jury service. <laughs> I remember that. That's brilliant. <laughs> There you go. So me, Stanford Chidge, him, Mr. Martin Wickham, and of course the ever so lovable and sensitive Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Uh. Mm. So there we go. Right, now, really enjoyed that opposition view with Will Blake from Talk of the Tune, but now it's kind of our turn, uh, and hopefully we will, we will speak with a bit more authority and knowledge, which is kind of uh, Will's point, which I thought was fascinating, actually. But obviously the key question, chaps, is we know Silver's not going to be playing, uh, we know that Zuma will be playing in defence because he's been very good, I think, certainly since Silver came in and Mendy. And Who, Frank has given him a big press this week. He has, yeah. And there's been talk of, um, you know, contract extensions and maybe even yeah. the armband going forward, although I think that's a bit jumping the gun. But basically the choices are Rudiger, Christensen and Tamori, basically, unless he goes three at the back, which I don't think he will. So, you know, who for you, JK, gets to be uh, with Zuma? Uh, Christensen would be bullied. I just know that for a fact. And they'll target Christensen because he Especially really... Especially if Carroll plays. Uh, completely and utterly, which I think he'll bring him on at some stage where if he doesn't even start. Um, and I'm not convinced he's quick enough to deal with Wilson. So I think he'll play Rudiger, who just more and more comes across to me as a kind of... as clumsy and, uh, and a little bit um, worryingly scattergun. He's all over the place. He's a bit like a kind of Tigger to me. He's like from Winnie the Pooh. But um, The wonderful thing about uh, Tiggers... Tiggers are wonderful things, but he he was always don't be all over the place. Um, it's that kind of I I I just don't I don't trust him. Um, in the same way, the dilemma is, of course, we've been given silver as the which you forget, of course. I mean, it's this thing about watching elite players. When you watch JT and you watch all the and, and you watched all those great players of the uh, you know two thousand and eight, you just you and then you suddenly see this lot, you suddenly forget, you, you see them being replicated because you see Zayic being wonderful, you see Werner being wonderful, um, and you, you actually start thinking, ah, oh, yeah, they're class players, in the same way that Silver is such a class player. And then you see Rudiger just not really being, doesn't concentrate, looks a bit panicky, and you think, well, that's what he's got to aspire to. And that's the problem, is you play Silver and you think, ah, oh, yeah, this is what we've been missing. And I'm sorry, I just fear for having Rudiger and Zuma as a combination. And I, I, I think we'll give goals away and as a consequence of having them. However, I think we'll outscore them because I think that Zayac and Werner and... Uh, no, we'll get, we'll get, get to what happens up the other we'll, end in a, we'll in a, in a sec. There, but, but, yeah. but I take your point absolutely. Uh, I, I, mean, I mean, personally, Martin, I would pick Rudiger. Uh, I, I've lost absolute faith in Christensen. I just don't think he's a central defender, Frank, frankly. He, he's like a will-o'-the-wisp. The the one mitigation I would have about that loss of silver and having to play Rudiger is that we now have Mendy in goal, not Kepper, which kind of makes me feel a little bit more confident, Martin. 
Did you just read my thoughts? Because I was about to make that point. It's, it's those uh, con- <laughs> it's those contact lenses you got in saying, I, I oh. think Mendy's going to be helpful. Anyway, no, go on. Fucking size those lenses, Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, got my, think... I've got my glasses on, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah, I think it will compensate because I think so much of Rudiger's own indecisiveness at times was a complete lack of confidence in the goalkeeper behind him. Um, Zoomers look better. Zuma, I think they had, was one game where Mendy was in goal, Silved, I think it was, was it against Krasnodar, no, admittedly, they weren't the best opposition, but even, I can't remember who started at the back alongside Zuma, was it Rudiger or did someone else? Yeah, it was Rudiger. I think they looked a lot more comfortable and confident knowing that they had someone behind them who wasn't going to chuck one in, even if there was a shot from distance. So, and we also uh, have Chilwell and Reese James, presumably, if very, not, if not Aspie, you know. Very so. true. I mean, I, I'm assuming Chilwell plays. He's certainly been training. Whether he starts, I don't know. But um, yeah, I would of the three you've suggested, um, I would certainly go with Rudiger alongside mm. Zuma, uh, Tamori second choice, and Christensen. I'd leave him in Denmark <laughs> with the mink. Yeah, leave him with the fucking mink. It can't be any worse. <laughs> What were the, he scored two goals, didn't he, Rudiger, at last season in a game, didn't he, from headers? Which yeah, Leicester. 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 Yeah, because suddenly you think, actually, he, he's a better player than you think he is when he does that. It's it's almost as if... I, that's a very good point, actually, Martin. I, I reckon that he might be less frenetic if he's got Mendy playing behind him. And I think he might then become much more of a, of a centred um, attacking force as well, because he's pretty decent at... Uh, at corners, particularly as we seem to have now a delivery that actually puts pressure on the on the defences. Yeah, I think well, Mendy appears to be a lot more vocal. He clears them out, the ball comes in, he doesn't wait around. He, he gets the ball, gets them out, gets them forward. So before they were panicking about what was behind them and do I have to cover back now, they get a clear instruction, yeah. keepers ball, like I'm, a, I'm not an expert on it, but he seems to be a lot more commanding of things like that. And it's, it's showing because everyone else who, other than who was here before Silver, who was struggling, now looks a lot more comfortable. I include Zuma in that, Reese James, all of them. Yeah, and they, they they seem to be a lot more comfortable, uh, you know, in the set pieces as well at either ends, as we talked about the other week. And there was, I think, I think in the Athletic they had a piece on on what they've been doing to you know improve things te- tactically and technically uh, with set pieces. And long may that continue. Now, Jonathan, in his own inimitable way, has teased this already about what might go up the other end. But before we get to that. Um, I mean, there is a little bit of doubt. I mean, we're, I mean, I am presuming and absolutely bloody hoping that we play four three three. We play the same players, okay, apart from Silver that that we played in this what seems to be a, an interesting and successful run um, since uh, we turned it. It was uh, Southampton, wasn't it? Thrill, but anyway, um, I'm presuming that Havertz will be okay. I mean, I've not heard anything to say that he won't be. I know he's training again, so. When did he return to training? A couple of days ago, I think. Would that be enough for him to fitness built up for him to start? Because if well, I'd imagine two week two weeks indoors on an exercise bike, it might it might not be the sharpest. It's more exercise than I've had. Well, yeah, but you're not a professional footballer. True. True. <laughs> well, I in don't know. Mind, in his mind, I yeah, in my mind, in my mind, I'm many things that I am clearly not. But there we go. Um, well, it's a very good point, actually, Martin, that you raised, because maybe maybe it's not a cert that he'll start. In which case, um, you know, for me, Kovacic has to start. I mean, you know, I think we had to do that in the last game, didn't we? So it was Kovacic, Mount and Kante, you know, behind them, effectively. Yeah? I think so, yeah. Didn't Kovacic score twice this week? 
I believe he did for Croatia. What on earth happened there? Well, again, wow. you know, it's 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 like we were saying with Jorginho earlier on. It's it's like you can't compare. It's chalk and cheese. But uh, he was very good in the last time he played for us. I thought I like Kovacic a lot. He's, yes. it, I mean, the, the the concern I have with that is that you know replacing Kovacic with Havert, sorry, play, replacing Havertz with Kovacic is inherently more defensive because he's not half the attacking and create. I mean, you know, Havertz I think at the moment is our most creative player the the one that's most unlikely to unlock the key and also he has a great ability to kind of drift into the uh, the opposition penalty box almost unnoticed a very very kind of Frank Lampard skill if we all recall so you know you you are blunted I think creatively by not having Havertz playing but he can do a job and I think you know Mount is an absolute must in that in that kind of midfield number eight role, and Canty is an absolute must in that mid mid. I I, I call it a number four role, but some call it a six. But uh, you know what I mean. What's the state with Pulisic? He's buggered, mate. Again, still. Yeah, not you know. I think they have to manage him really, really carefully. It I mean, certainly it seems like he's got glass hamstrings, and it's a real shame. Well, it is a real shame because, I mean, I think the kid is just so, so, so talented. But, you know, I mean, look, thankfully, we got a lot more cover than we did last last year. I mean, you know, Hudson-Odoi put in some really good performances for the under-21s or whatever they are, under-23s this week, um, which will do him the world of good. Scored a goal, got the man of the match, you know. And, and I, I really... I'm desperate to see Hudson Odoi succeed. Actually, I mean, he has disappointed a lot, but I mean, I think there was an article that came out this week that saying, you know, don't forget the the the, the severity of the injury he discovered, and you know, and like we we, we you, I, mean, I think here's the thing: we can't be hypocritical here. We gave, uh, you know, Loftus Cheek a lot of leeway because we understood how horrible that injury was. Well, Hudson Odoi had the same injury, so I think maybe we need to afford him the same patience because it's a psychologically it's a very tough one to get over, let alone physically, Martin. Yeah, but he, I think some of the thinking was that Hudson Odoi came back quicker, so the injury was less severe. But you are right; it's still a lot of it is in the mind, and he has been in the press today as well because I believe he's been having an interview or a chat with your our mutual friend Paul Canaville. Yeah, yeah. yeah so very good point. Very, very good point. Well, so they. Has he been having some abuse? Is that what's been happening? I think I, I don't I don't know about that. I've not had a chance to read it yet, but I'd imagine they're discussing. It's been discussed as part of it. I've, right, 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 right. I've got to respond to a point here because I've actually ignored Mixler all night, which is very rude of me because it's very very sweet of them to come and join us. But AS Moss ninety two says. How this narrative that Christensen is worse than Rudiger got perpetuated, I'll never know. Rudiger's been an absolute shit show in high pressing systems since Conte left, while Christensen hasn't even had the chance to play with Zuma without uh, without Mendy between the sticks as of yet. I, is that is that true? Has Christensen not played since Mendy's been here? I can't remember. To I, be I, really I, don't, I, I don't know offhand, but um, my answer to that would be I, I have watched both of them play. Well, um, I mean, the reason it's, Chris... it's, it's, it's the um, the 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 sight test for me. Well, and, it, you and know, Christian doesn't pass. It's it's all about opinions, and I, and I and I get that. But I mean, the reason that Christensen hasn't played is since the last time he played, he was absolutely shocking. But I mean, I mean, look again, Christensen is. A... In, in, in fairness to Christians, I will say that the same thing I've said about Rudiger in relation to Kepa not being there and Mendy being in his place also applies to Christensen. That's but true. I'm. Just, I just don't see. I've, I saw more. I've been more impressed by Rudiger than I have been with Christian. I mean, my, my issue with Christian. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, we have, we have one 
you know, world-class centre-back, which is Silva. We have one good Premier League centre-back, which is Zuma. And, and and we don't know about Tomori because he's too young to really make a judgment. It's a shame he doesn't get a look in. But I don't think Christensen or Rudiger are good enough for Chelsea. I really, really don't for very different reasons. I don't think that Rudiger's good enough on the ball. Uh, I think sometimes he goes to sleep as well. Christensen, I think, has got appalling positional sense for a, for a centre-back. I think he's a good footballer. He can play out from the back. He can pass. I don't think he's physically good enough to be a centre-back in the Premier League. But that's just my view, you know. I, I don't have a divine right to be right on that, but that's just my view. Tomori or Christensen, he goes on to say, would be a better partner to Zuma than Rudiger for a game like this. We'll have lots of possession and we'll need pace at the back to, to better handle San Maximum and Wilson. Well, that's a fair point. But I think Rudiger's quite quick, actually. I mean, you know, he's not slow. Um, you know, I just think Christensen would be out bullied. I think he would too. And they'll talk because Bruce is manager and Bruce is a great lump. I, I yeah. can see Bruce starting Andy Carroll because, oh, you know, you know, those, those soft, soft, soft southerners, they don't like it up them, do they? They will stick, will stick, <laughs> stick Andy Carroll on there, stick is it up. Him. Why is I fuck off. <laughs> that was really unfair, Martin. I was about to say that was really good, Chief. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> yeah, but you're yeah. sensitive and Martin is a hard ass. We know this. Yeah, what, what, what part of fucking Middlesbrough was that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. I mean, we mentioned Pulisic. He absolutely won't be playing. So, I mean, my presumption is, uh, because Pulisic isn't playing... That actually, Frank, you know, and I hope, and I hope so in a way. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, Werner out left, drifting in, works really, really well. Tammy, I think, has upped as you were saying, Martin. He's upped his game considerably. I was, I was, Sorry, I, Jonathan, that worked. I do apologise, Jonathan. Yeah, you. you were saying yeah, Tammy's up. I'm, I'm struggling here with Martin, Martin's onslaught. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'll right, be fair right. to you. I, I gave you that one on Sammy. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. But the bottom line, Tammy has upped his game considerably, and I think actually it works very well with him. Uh, I think, you know, Tammy, Werner, Zayech, and Havertz all work quite well together. And I think I think Tammy's becoming a, a very good all round striker. He's upping his game, and he's learning a lot. So I would be perfectly happy with that. Um, but of course, we shall see tomorrow at half past 12. Um, the only other thing I would say about all this, you know, we kind of touched on this with Will, didn't we? Um, you know, is is the half 12 kickoff an issue? Is is this lack of prep time and lack of recovery time going to be an issue, JK? I don't think it matters in this uh, strange spectatorless world. I think they just go up there and they perform. And I have every faith in the uh, forward line. I just think they're too good. I think they'll score four goals. I just, I have, I think they're wonderful. I think Zayic is absolutely phenomenal player, and uh, he just sets everything on a plate. And similarly, Werner will just score out of nothing, and uh, be interesting to see if Havertz plays because he's clearly an equally a magician. It's a question of whether he's fit enough, as we were saying. But um, uh, Mount just drives him forwards, and once again, I think it's dependent on whether Kante plays, which I think is really important as well. I don't see why he shouldn't because he's not had the you know, huge journeys that all the others have had, or uh, that Silver has had. But um, I, I, I honestly, I say, I keep repeating this. I, I think the 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 strength of the new signings is absolutely phenomenal, and they're just they'll just outscore them. You're uh, in love, I, I, Jonathan, aren't you? Oh, I can. I can I, see it. Oh God, I'm just. I just. You're moist, it, mate. I can tell. I, everywhere, everywhere. I don't even want to go. I don't want to discuss how moist I am. In fact, actually, you know what? You're so moist because, because the other appallingly terrible uh, aphorism that's ascri- as, as, ascribed to that kind of being is 
you're leaving snails trails everywhere, oh. which would be appropriate because your background screen is is the grass. You look the like grass. you are in fact a snail leaving snails trails trails in the grass as we speak. Oh, my home is on my back, Jidge. I am uh, indeed, indeed. I'm happy. No, I, I really have every faith in uh, that. He's bought. He has bought Marina and he and Petr Cech have really done their research into these players. They are. The most classy players I've seen playing at Chelsea since uh, since the the team of the uh, you know in the in the in the noughties who were just great. It's just phenomenal. Well, there you go. So uh, I'll ask you your prediction in a minute. But Martin, how, how do you see this going? Um, I do think twelve thirties are an issue. I don't. Mm-hmm. I like on a social was completely right in what he said last time um, when his team had to come back from Turkey and got an early kickoff. You know, there's no need, you know, they've got, they now have to show every game. So have a bit of common sense. Lampard's raised it. Steve Bruce agreed with it as well. And his team have had much less international travel. They just said, what's the point? Um, in strength and depth wise, we should be, we should be better than, but we, we said this last season, we dominated possession up there and got sucker punched at the end. Hopefully we're a bit better organised than we were back then. And we, we do a job on them. But I think the key thing is, score early and just keep them under the pump because they're missing. Um, Will went through the players they're missing. I didn't realise how much of an absence list they had. And so someone like John Joe Shelby we've been out, means they lose that little bit of creativity. So mm. balls in behind are, are less of a factor, hopefully. Um, a bit of steel. He's a bit, he's a bit of an, you know. Oh, he's, uh, oh, he's, a, he's a hard ass as well. But, it's, um, yeah. but he's also got a, a little bit of guile yeah. and craft as well, yeah. which that team doesn't always have. And yeah. if he's missing... That hampers them somewhat. Um, yeah, I, I think we should be good enough to do the job. But I say that most weeks and it doesn't always necessarily happen that way, especially after international break. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing that worries me, I mean, I do think the half-twelves are a bit of an issue. I do think an international break screwing with our momentum is a bit of an issue. I do think a lot of our players being a bit fatigued by the travel and everything else that's going on is a bit of an issue. And I think Newcastle have a bit of an advantage over us in that respect. However, I think we are infinitely better than Newcastle, and I'm really encouraged to hear what Will from Talk of the Tune had to say, and he was very honest about what he feels about them. I, Steve Bruce is one of those irritating managers who can... I mean, if you remember when the, the number of times... I mean, like he would always... Whoever he managed, he would always lose to Man United, and, always, and one always felt that that was completely on purpose. Uh, and when he was the Wigan manager, he would always lose to us by huge amounts. You know, like I remember the 8-0... But he has that awful habit of of being a, a you know a, a kind of a bumbling disruptor, if you like. He, he'll kind of pull out a result purely by bloody l- like last year. I mean, that's a classic yeah. case of it. You know, we there's no way we should have lost that game last We're year. We're a very different team, Chidge, from last. We are year. well, exactly. Here, here we go. Here's the interesting thing. You know, I, sometimes these awful stats kind of worry me too. Here's one: uh, Newcastle, right? have had no clean sheet in seven league matches, which is their worst run since conceding 11 uh, straight games in 2017. So odds on they score a bloody... They, they get a clean sheet this weekend. Uh, we, of course, are in this wonderful run at the moment. Um, we're in a best... There we go. We haven't lost in 11 competitive matches, 1-6, draw 5, uh, not including the Spurs Caribbean Cup, obviously. And that's our best run since 2018, when we went 18 matches uh, without... Uh, without losing and we've scored three plus goals in five of our, li- our last premier league games so it's nailed on for the nil nil chaps 
Well, nailed nailed on. The same way, the same way that, that Clayton said it was, uh, we would lose to Sheffield United because it was nailed on. And when I must admit, when they went 1-0 up, I thought, oh, perhaps Clayton's right. But then we just, yeah, you know, went right, up we, a were gear. Rubbish, we were rubbish for 20 minutes. Then we went up a gear and then completely blew them away. And I think we have that capacity in this team to, to blow um, just not as competent enough oppositions away. And I think we'll do the same. Well, let's bloody well hope so. What are you going for, JK? 4-1. 4-1. Martin? I'm going to say 3-2 Chelsea. Are you? They, uh, uh, flash flash score, whatever they're called, said they, they, they reckon there'll be goals. That's for yeah. sure. So there you go. Right. My my uh, prediction uh, is 3-1. And this is official, by the way. It's an official prediction because I've actually done this on the Prem Predictions League. Right? Ooh. So there you go. Now, um, at the moment, we're, we're kind of... We're, we've got uh, greatness in our ranks tonight uh, because Martin, of course, uh, I think of all the fan casters, he's the top of the fan cast tree. Well, not the league, but of the fan casters who are in the Prem Predictions League. Martin sits currently in 12th, would you believe? Yeah. Um, well, my only, um, <laughs> the only reason that's happened is because the scores weren't sensible for a couple of weeks. I was getting blown away when all, when it was all going a bit stupid with seven twos and six ones all over the place. So what's your secret, Martin? Because I'm doing shit. Put absolutely no thought into it and go your gut. I take about... <laughs> I do two predictions leagues, so this one and another one at work. It takes me a combined five minutes on a Friday morning when I get the hurry up here and say, put your scores in, and then I'll just do it and then don't think about it till Saturday afternoon. All right. Well, on that basis, i tell you what I've done. I've done 3-1 Chelsea, 3-1 Villa, 2 all. Tottenham City, 3-1 West Brom, uh, one, Fulham 1, Everton 2, Sheffield United 1, West Ham 3. That'll bound to be a Sheffield United win because West Ham always let me down. Leeds 2, Arsenal 1, Liverpool 2, Leicester 3. I think I'm going with my heart there rather than my head. Uh, Burnley 1, Crystal Palace 1, Wolves 2, Southampton 2. I think we've got the same Leeds Arsenal score. Have we really? Well, there we go. I think I, I need to double check. I haven't got the page open, but... Uh, and I've put Palace to beat Burnley because I think they're an absolute shambles at the moment. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's it's. it's, it's I have to say, I, I've I've never done anything that is this much fun and also this much infuriating. <laughs> Don't take up golf. No, maybe that's probably a good thing. On that uh, <laughs> on that very good and philosophical note, it's time for us to to bid you all a very farewell. Uh, uh, AS, okay, we've got some. Oh, hey, look at this! They're all playing. AS Moss is coming. With predictions: two one Chelsea. The always optimistic CFC Sports is two all. Uh, Daryl, uh, who's in our Prem Predictions League and in our Discord group, by the way, actually, if you're if you're a, if you're in the Premier Predictions League, you can be in our Discord group. If you are a Patreon, you can also be in our Discord group. But we basically, uh, you know, watch the games on over the weekend and moaning about West Ham letting us down again. Usually, in my experience, but there's a good bunch of us in there, and it's quite fun uh, to kind of you know have an interest in the other games as well and have a good chat with some mates, which is kind of what we do. So do. Do do that. Join up to Patreon if you want to get involved with that. Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast, I think. But there you go. Uh, but yeah, Daryl says 2-0. So everybody's going for Chelsea win. I wouldn't have it any other way. Let's hope that that is what happens. Right. Martin, always a delight to see you. Sadly, not in the pub. I might. Will I be seeing you shortly in the virtual pub? Uh, possibly, yeah. We've kind of overrun the first session, but I'm sure we, we have can a get bit. into the next. Yeah. I shall be in for part two if I can get this damn thing out of the way before then. So I might see you for a pint later. Cool. See you then. Good to see you. JK. Likewise. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for you, you silly oh. ass. 
Just Sorry, very quickly, if you promise not to talk for ages about it, and that, that not trying to be deliberately rude, I just wanted to say how much I loved the picture of the biography that you've done uh, for your old man, the book you've done for oh, your old man. Oh, sweet. Thank it's, you, too. I didn't get Thank a chance you. to say it the other day. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Really lovely. It really object. is. Perfect I've picture. Not, I've certainly got the title wrong. I need to call it the uh, Sam Kidd, the, the unpublished autobiography. That should be the title. And then volume one. Be a big boy Sam, but uh, that's just a, a signing thing on the front of it. But yeah, thank you, it's great. It's we, we're trying to work out the back page as well, which has been yeah. tricky just because got so much information to give it. it needs to be legible for people over eighty who are going to be the people who are going to buy the book. Good. But, well, uh, we will. We you and I. It. Thank no, you no, not at all. You and I will uh, will find the time to do a, a, a chat about that, and we'll release it as a podcast because it'll be fascinating. I, I'd love it because he was a big, big uh, Chelsea fan. Exactly. And, uh, uh, and great knowledge about the, the about the, the games and the club. So. Yeah, there we go. And he passed it on to you, Mild Fruit. Lovely to see you as ever. Have a good weekend. Uh, you lot out there, of course, uh, particularly the people in Mixler, have a great weekend. Uh, of course, just to remind you, we'll be back on Monday uh, for the Monday Night Fancast. Me, JK, Clayton and Dane will uh, be on the roster for Monday and we'll be looking back at the Newcastle match, obviously, and we'll be looking ahead to the Wren match, which is on Tuesday. God, they're coming thick and fast. But there we go. Until then, uh, thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the Chelsea! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.